what's up everybody and welcome to another episode of harley's hot seat my name's harley j and i am your host for this episode past episodes and well hopefully future episodes until they define to go with a another version of harley but i don't think there's anyone out there like me anyway on today's episode we have olivia grace how you doing today olivia i'm doing great thank you how are you i'm doing pretty well um for those of those don't know fun fact this is our second time recording the episode and that is so because my computer decided to get a virus and delete it so we're starting fresh and it's gonna be a good time i think it's gonna be a lot of fun i mean Alrighty. we had a lot of fun the first time but i feel like we're gonna have a lot of fun the second time we did if i get that file i'm just gonna upload it and be like you want to listen to the original content let me tell you <laughs> you should that'd be so funny Awesome. Great. All right. Well, today we're going to be talking about Olivia's passion for Marvel, which I'm also a huge fan. Of. So my first question, Olivia, is how did you get into Marvel? Well, so when I was young, really young, well, actually, really, I guess my whole life, but it started when I was young. Both of my parents, for some reason, made it like very important that all their kids were like up to date on any pop culture at all whatsoever. And my mom was mostly she handled like TV shows and music. My dad was all about movies and comic books. So when I was a kid, we would watch all the superhero movies. We watched Star Wars, Star Trek, like everything you could get your hands on. And when I was eight years old was when Iron Man 1 first came out in theaters. Like I'd mostly watch like some of the Spider-Man movies and like Star Wars with my dad and like Batman movies and like Superman, but I'd never seen like a lot of Marvel stuff yet. Um, and by the time I was eight years old, like because I was a nerdy kid who liked science fiction and fantasy like you know like every small like kind of little girl does you know people make fun of them for it whatever but then iron man one came out and my dad was like do you want to go see it and i was like what kind of a question is that am i not your daughter so he took me to see it like opening week and what was really cool about tony stark was that he was also kind of like a dumpster fire genius like he wasn't like a perfect like superman he wasn't like batman where he was like all dark and broody but like super buff he was just kind of like this geeky guy in a suit <laughs> and for some reason in my brain i just like really connected with it so i got really into marvel stuff and then my dad that's when he decided to reveal that he had marvel comic books on him and most of them were the captain america series and so a couple months after that i started reading his captain america comic books and i was just instantly hooked ever since um, we saw every single movie in theaters, like, at least the same week that it opened. It wasn't always opening night, but, like, that week. Um, I've read every Marvel DC comic book, I think, that exists, it feels like. Um, it's just kind of been a lifelong passion of mine. But it was mostly my dad being like, my kids are going to be cool, so they're going to like superheroes. <laughs> I love that. I think my dad also introduced me to Marvel. Um, we watched, like, the OG Hulk movies. Yeah. And those are a time. Those, I'm so happy I've been able to grow up and watch Marvel like get better at creating yeah. this universe. It's really interesting because like I I go back to watch like the old stuff. One because you know I try to reference it in my content, but then also just because I love going back to watch it. And it's almost comical to go from like watching Endgame to like Incredible Hulk or like Iron Man 1 or like some of the Spider-Man movies before Disney like it's almost like sadly hilarious watching them <laughs> but I love them so much. 
Oh my god. Could you imagine if they released like Endgame and Infinity Wars, but use the cinematic cinematic stuff that they used back with like the OG movies? Like oh it my just god. it wouldn't it'd be like this is a prehistoric film. When was it made? Twenty nineteen. It would not be the same. I feel like people would be making fun of if they try to make like Endgame and Infinity War in like the early two thousands, I feel like people would make fun of it just as much as they do like Green Lantern, Fantastic Four, or like the Star Wars prequel films, where they're just like, "Oh, this is like I see what they tried to do, and conceptually it's epic, but visually this is no." <laughs> definitely, like, visually, I definitely agree I can with that. This is bad. <laughs> I can see it. Um, this is not what it's supposed to be. That's not, oh, that's not how it's supposed to happen. <laughs> no, it's not. All right. Um. So, growing up, you reading all of the comics and also the movies. Do you prefer the comics or the movies more? Well, that's a really good question, and genuinely, no one really asks me that question a lot. Even though they know that I read and watch both of them. Normally, when I say that I've read the comic books or and watched the movies, people ask me like, "Do I need to read the comic books to be a fan?" Which is stupid. You don't need to read the comic books to be a Marvel fan, but. Um, what's interesting about the comic books is like you can kind of read them in whatever order you want I because I started with Captain America I started with like seven different Captain Americas because there's different the multiverse in Marvel there's individual comic books for each universe there's like Avengers lines for each one so when I was young I feel like with movies, it conceptually made it easier for me to understand the comic books. So I was like, oh, no, I get it. These are just different universe-like versions of them instead of being like, why is why is Steve so different from comic book to comic book? The other thing is, and I criticize DC movies with this a lot, is like Marvel has a very clear like structured command of like who makes creative decisions, storylines, plot lines, details, everything. With comic books, because they've been coming out with comics since the 50s and 60s. Um, they have different artists, different writers who have different interpretations of the characters. So what's really cool about the comic books, I I feel like when it came to the movies, I appreciated the characters more. But when it came to the comic books, I really appreciated like the illustrators and the authors more. Because you could tell the difference between who was writing the comic books, who was you know creating the artwork for each thing and so there was like a greater appreciation it felt like as a fan you were looking at other fans work um and that was really fun to explore it's kind of like it's kind of like what i feel like the what if series is going to be like that's coming out in a little while where they're like well what if this happened instead and things went this way um except there's a different entirely different team of people working on each episode it's kind of like that so I don't know. I have a hard time choosing, but I like that the movies have made like some comic book knowledge mainstream. Like everybody knows, at least like the big six characters. Like it's kind of mainstream knowledge now instead of really niche and something that I didn't feel like I could talk about because no one else could relate to it or, or read the comic books like I did. But when you really get into reading so many of them, you see the differences between artists and the way that they look at the characters. And so it also gives you a, a broader perspective of like, the idea behind the person and that was always really fun to read as a kid so I, I couldn't really decide I think I just love them for very different reasons if that made any sense <laughs> yeah no that's totally fair I think each have pros and cons um unfortunately I didn't grow up reading the comics I'm tr I've been trying to get into more comic book reading and I've I've started a little collection I have three this little this nice. three 
but eventually I like to get more one day. Um, but I think it's really cool how we're able to appreciate the differences in each medium. Like the movies, you know, you connect more with like, I feel like the movie wise, I collect a little more with the characters than I do in the comments. But when I read the comments, I I connect better with like the people who write the comics. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what it feels like. It feels like you're enjoying something with a fan, like mm -hmm. who's doing it with you instead of just being like, all right, this is what Disney's putting out and it's awesome. So you like, you connect more with Steve Rogers in the movies, but then in the books, like you connect more with Stan Lee. Like it's a really, it's a different feeling, different relationship, I guess. I totally agree with that. Indeed. Um, speaking of Captain America, um, for those of you who don't know, Captain America's Steve Rogers is Olivia's favorite character. Of all time. <laughs> so we're like, going to ask why. <laughs> all right. Well, I hope you're ready for a semi-long answer because I could talk about this man for hours. And part of it is biased because I read his comic book first. So I, for me, Tony Stark and Steve Rogers kind of tie for first because movie-wise and even just like Marvel content-wise, technically Tony came before anything and it was what made me interested in reading comic books. But then what kept me interested in comic books was Steve Rogers. And what I love about the both of them is that I relate to a lot of their, I related to a lot of their struggles growing up as a kid. So because I was kind of a nerdy person and I was a girl, so it was weird for a girl to be into those kinds of things. And, you know, I didn't always feel strong or safe. And I moved from school to school. So I was used to being in environments where I felt like an outsider all the time. Like not, I moved from school to school, like kind of by choice. I liked going new places, but then that initial anxiety of being an outsider was just always constant. And what I loved about Steve as a kid, not only that he was from world war two and I was also like a huge, I mean, I'm a, I'm a history major now in college. Like, I loved history. Um, but it was that he, like, I could see myself in small Steve. And so I always wanted to, like, do my best to try to become big Steve. Like, I I loved that even when he had, like, no superpowers, no super soldier serum, nothing. He, like, stood up for himself. He was confident in who he was. He did his best to do what he thought was right. And he, like, did not take no for an answer. And I thought that was really cool because I really wanted to be like that. And the first time I read the comic books where like he took the super soldier serum the first time and Ursine was telling him that kind of infamous speech where he's like, I'm giving you this serum not because you're like a perfect person, but a good person. That like shifted my entire worldview. Because I read that when I was around like 11 or 12. And so, you know, kids are going through puberty at that time. So this idea that like you don't have to be perfect, you just have to try to be as good as you as you can that stuck with me forever and it was around that time that like the movies came out too so captain america the first avenger and captain america winter soldier and you know the avengers and you know all of tony stark's movies as well they kind of had that similar message like as long as you try your hardest to be the best person you can be then you're already like you don't have to be Perfect. And what's cool about Steve, and one of the reasons why Falcon Red Soldier was so good too, is because his shield as well. Like Tony and Steve, they both have weapons that like are aimed to protect first. Like Tony stopped making weapons, but he built a suit of armor to protect himself instead. And Steve's weapon isn't even really a weapon, it's a shield because his goal wasn't to like hurt other people. Um, but it was to protect the people who were being hurt by others. And I felt like that was really 
I don't know, like Valiant, I guess. I wanted to be one of those people because I was like, I know what it's like to feel hopeless and powerless and sad and alone. So I was like, why wouldn't you spend your time trying to make sure that other people don't feel that way? And so when he says, like, do you want to kill Nazis? And he's like, no, I just don't like bullies. I don't care where they're from. Like that, I feel like that's one of the coolest things I think anyone's ever said in my life. Ever since then, I'm like, I want to strive to be like that, where, you know, I feel so strong in my own beliefs that I can stick up for them and still feel like I'm making a difference. Like, I I really love Steve a lot because I just strive to be someone who's not only sure of themselves, but still like humble almost to a fault. Like, I don't know, he's just incredible. I always related to him growing up. And so I always thought like, you know, how would Steve look at this? Like, how would he approach that? Like one of my phrases all the time was I could do this all day. So whenever I had, like when I was running the mile, for instance, and trying to beat my time, cause I'm, I was a really tall kid. So I was really slow runner and I was a tennis player. So you can't be a slow runner. So I'd push myself every day. Or if I was having an anxiety attack in high school, or if I had a really big test coming up and I was stressed while studying, like I would psych myself up and I'd be like, I can do this all day. I can do this all day. And it was like, you're strong enough that you're going to push through it. And I always kind of had that in the back of my mind. It was really cool. So I've always loved Steve the most. I like that. And I agree. I think Steve, I think Captain America and Steve Rogers as a whole, I think they're, I think they're an excellent role model. I think for life. And yeah. I think it's cool that you're able to take things that he says, like I can do this all day um, to apply to your life and um, help you through like the anxiety or help you through a big test or help you run a mile. I think my favorite quote by Steve is that is America's ass. Yes. I have the sweatshirt. Hold on. I just posted that. So hold on. I know they're not going to see this in this podcast, but I just wanted to grab it and have it with me. But someone on the internet on Etsy made like an America's ass sweatshirt and they just stitched. Oh, I saw that. And saw that. And so I made a TikTok about it where Tony, like trying to get a rise out of Steve, buys it for him thinking that he'll react. And so Steve pretends to just like it a lot and be super sentimental, like just to bother Tony. I thought it was pretty funny. Love that. So that's one of my favorite. When Steve looks at himself and says that is America's ass, that was comedy gold oh my god <laughs> right. don't get me wrong because i can do this all day and he sends a lot of like inspirational stuff well, but yeah. I don't know, it's just that scene's just oh, like yeah. well and the other thing i love about him on like a less serious note is like he is kind of like a sarcastic shit like if you really pay attention to like half the stuff he's saying you're like okay he's just being like sarcastic like on purpose like it's dry humor to the next level that you don't even realize he's like kind of just low-key trolling everybody all the time and i love that about him <laughs> like i relate to Tony Stark a lot because i cope with sarcasm and steve is just like that underhanded like undermine like when they were like incoming cap and cap's like incoming already came like he's hysterical i love him he's awesome oh i love that love, <laughs> love him all right okay so we're going to um, switch. And I have to ask you this question. I think it's a very important question to ask people. And I feel like if you're, what your answer says a lot about you. If you had the opportunity during um, when Thanos snapped, if you got to choose if you stayed or if you went, what would you do? Interesting. Well, I thought about this. Um, and it's it's weird because like, it's funny because Falcon Soldier just ended and they talk about that a little bit, but um, 
It's weird because you're put in like two completely different situations that like neither mm -hmm. group will ever understand. Like for the people that stay, they just have to watch half of all life disappear in front of them and then learn to live with that and then have it just all suddenly return. Like that's kind of insane. Um, but then to also just blip from existence and then reappear and like five years have gone by and the world has changed so much is also kind of crazy. Um, but one of the things I realized a couple weeks ago was that like Bucky and Steve are kind of examples of both of them. Like Bucky would be the people that stayed and Steve would be one of the people that blips because that's kind of what happens to the two of them. Um, and I don't know, like they're both pretty like not okay. Like they're both pretty unstable. Like I couldn't imagine being Bucky or like being someone who had to deal with five years of knowing that half of all life no longer exists. Like that would be intense. It would be pain and it would be awful. <laughs> you'd be sad and depressed. Like you'd just be, you know, the Russo brother sitting in a support group crying for like five years. Like that would be just draining mentally. Um, and ignorance is bliss, I feel like, to a fault in this situation. Because, like, you come back and you're like, oh, well, I had no idea any of that happened. And they're like, yeah, so, <laughs> like, you get to be okay and we're not. And I don't know which one I would rather be. Maybe I'd rather be blipped just because ignorance can be bliss sometimes, even though I feel like the change would be pretty jarring. But I don't know. Because it's a lot of suffering. But at the same time, you would at least understand what's been happening so you can adjust to it better when they all come back. I feel like it's really close, but maybe I'd want to blip just to, I don't know. Right? It's a its a complicated. I, I already came up with my answer. Um, mm -hmm. I blimped, okay? But only, only I had the chance to go like Spider-Man went, where I just made everybody cry and break down. That's the only <laughs> way I would go. That's, the That's only true. Because I, mean, I can't watch that scene at all. Like, whether I watch in the movie or watch it just on my phone without crying i don't know what tom holland has done to me but i can't he really messed with everyone in that he that scene was brilliant and you know what's crazy i watched the interview where tom holland like i really can only make myself cry on screen when i've like repeated a line over and over and over again which is part of the reason why he said it so much was so he could like get himself to cry um and what's I mean, I guess kind of sad about that is like, could you imagine telling yourself over and over and over again, like, I don't want to go? Like, I would cry too. Like, <laughs> like for him, maybe his technique is whatever line he needs to cry on. But like, if I was just sitting there, like, totally afraid of whatever was about to happen to me and I just kept saying that, like, I feel like I would work myself into a panic and cry. Like, right. It's crazy. When they did the scene, <laughs> it was his birthday. I know. A part of me would have been like excited because I get to spend my birthday with Robert Downey Jr. But another side of me would be like, it's my birthday and I just have to emotionally go through that. <laughs> Love him. Love him. I don't know. I don't know, man. I oh, I got a real big crush on Tom Holland. I don't know if he's ever going to see this episode, but if you do, hi. My name's Harley. <laughs> um, he is pretty adorable. I'm not going to lie. Right? And the only thing he would have to get over is the height difference because I think I'm like an inch taller than him. After he gets over that... We'll be fine. Then you're golden. Here's that. We'll be, fine. we'll be fine. We'll have him on the podcast. He'll be like, why am I oh, here? I'm like, that would be so I did see one time someone posted on Tumblr. He had like responded. He like left a comment on someone's like Spider-Man fan fiction. And it was like, <clears throat> I think it was like a flower shop. And Spider-Man 
they'd written Peter Parker like kind of this more like softer version of himself. And he'd written this super long comment. He was like, I really appreciate you taking the time to like write out this fantastic work. And he was like, <clears throat> I'm really interested in how you wrote Peter Parker. He's like, I hope I don't play him that soft in the movies. He's like, but my friend's telling me I need to stop bothering you now. So I'm gonna like end this comment. I couldn't imagine. Like if I had written something like that and put it on the internet to have the actor respond, I think I would have had a heart attack. Like, I don't know if that author is still alive. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I don't know. R.I.P. the Arthur. Um, I hope you're doing well if you also <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let us talk about storylines because Marvel released that three minute video a couple days ago talking oh about bills and everything. And I watched it yesterday and I'm very excited. I'm very yeah. interested in what's going on, but I'm also mm -hmm. like, mm, let's see. Let's see. <laughs> what future project are you most excited for? Well, it's hard because some of the projects are ones I've been waiting for for a long time. So, like a Black Widow movie, we've been waiting for that for like ten years. That's um, true. And same thing with the Hawkeye TV show. I was part of that big wave like five or six years ago of people who like wrote into Netflix asking for a Hawkeye TV series. And people really wanted that. Not even a movie. They were like, "We don't want it to be a movie. We want it to be a show. Like, we want Hawkeye to have his own thing." Because um, Netflix had come out with their, like, you know, Jessica Jones and Punisher and all the other Netflix series and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And so they wanted one for Hawkeye and we never got it. And so I'm excited that Disney was like, don't worry, guys. Like, we got you. Um, but what I was most excited for when they talked about it on, like, the D23 announcement a couple months ago um, was Loki for a couple of reasons. One... Uh, the writers who wrote the script for Loki described the structure and writing style like if Sherlock and Criminal Minds had a baby. And outside of like outside of Marvel stuff, I'm obsessed with Criminal Minds and Sherlock. Like they're some of my favorite shows. So it's like the idea that you just took two of my favorite things and used them to create a show about one of my favorite characters already just makes me excited in general. Um, the overall concept of it, though, I also think is incredibly fun. Like, Loki kind of fracturing the timelines enough that he has to, like, go through each one to fix them, I think will be really cool. It'll be a fun introduction to the multiverse, I feel like, with some of the stuff that's out already, like, with WandaVision. Um, there's a lot of questions about how it's going to work in the MCU this time around, and so I'm excited for Loki to kind of define the multiverse rules and logic in the TV show. And the other thing I'm excited for is Loki is officially announced to be bisexual in his show. So he's going to have both like female and male like love interests throughout it. And what excites me about that is Disney is notorious, like one of the worst culprits of queer baiting when it comes to their stuff. So like with the Star Wars sequels, after the first movie, they'd announced that there was going to be a gay couple in Star Wars. And everyone was excited. They all thought it was going to be Finn and Poe because they would like built up this chemistry and this rapport between the two characters. Like it would have made complete sense by the end of this, like the movies for them to have gotten together. Right. And then we got to the end of the film and there was like all this tension between Finn and Poe and we didn't get any discussion of it. Like Poe started to randomly show interest in this like random woman who showed up. Rose was in the movie before that nobody liked. And then there was like five seconds of like a lesbian couple. Like, I think they just kissed like to celebrate winning. And so the entire LGBTQ community was like, are you kidding me? Like, 
we we waited all these movies and we were like so excited and the actors spoke out about it too oscar isaac and um josh they were both like this is or john boyega they were both like yeah that we thought that's how that was gonna end too until they gave us the script and we couldn't change it so everyone was like outright by that and so this time especially since wandavision and falcon soldier Falcon and the Winter Soldier have gotten so serious in their shows. Like Wanda is a perfect example of the different symptoms of mental health and PTSD. And Falcon and Winter Soldier is a very honest conversation about like race and politics in the United States. I'm really hopeful that we'll have like a genuine conversation about the LGBTQ community and representation because we've never gotten that from Disney before, but we've never gotten these other things from them either. The only disappointing part is in mythology and in the comic books. Loki's actually gender fluid and pansexual. So they've kind of like watered him down a little bit and it can be considered like pan erasure, which is really frustrating. But the idea that we're getting any kind of LGBTQ representation out of Disney is like enough for me to kind of excuse it just this one time because <laughs> I'm willing to get anything out of them that I can. So I'm really excited for that to come out in June because from what I've seen from the last two series this year, I'm genuinely um, excited to see how they kind of handle those three different things. Like, I'm very pumped. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think it's cool that, um, yeah, we've been able to face such serious topics. Like, with WandaVision, I finished that one, finally. It was really good. Go and watch it if you haven't. But her with mental health, and as somebody who faces depression and anxiety, it was really cool seeing how she deals with um, some of the stuff. And yeah. then, with how far I've gotten in Falcon and the Winter Shoulder, it's been insane how, like, what topics we've been able to cover. Like you said, race and politics. Like, that's, I'm sure when I finish it, I'll get a, a, a deeper appreciation for it and a deeper understanding. Oh, they get very honest. Like, I think this is one of the first times I've seen a major company, other than, like, because, like, Amazon and Netflix still have these, like, kind of hard-hitting series or movies that they kind of hire directors and writers and actors who like already have done projects like that but to get that from disney where like their purpose is to entertain and like sort of educate kids for them to come mm -hmm. so brutally honest about the african-american experience in the united states was crazy like so well appreciated and so well done like sometimes disney does things like that and then they don't they don't exactly hit the nail on the head this time they were like like brutally in your face honest about what it's about the conversation in the U.S. It's crazy. It's so good. I didn't yeah. ever think you would let that happen. I know. It's, the change is happening. And then with Loki, and oh, it'd be so good. It's I know. Especially so Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson on stage. Oh, like my on gosh. Again. Oh, I love it. I love it. I was so, I'm not going to lie. I think when I first, when I saw Owen Wilson was going to be in the trailer of Loki, it took me like a solid minute to figure out why. And I'm like, that's awesome. But like, that's so random, but okay. Well, and they've been on screen together before and they have great chemistry. And have you ever seen Tom Hiddleston's like Owen Wilson impression? Yes. It's spectacular. And so I'm like, the idea that they're going to be on screen together in one of these projects makes me so beyond happy. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. I'm just real excited, real excited. Yeah. And then we have, um, you know, all of the new Marvel movies, like the new Thor, new Spider-Man, new Galaxy mm -hmm. of the Galaxy. A lot of good times. Yeah, so many fantastic projects. Shang-Chi is coming out too with the Ten Rings, which is going to be super awesome. And a lot of great, like, 
this is what I mean when I talk about how much I appreciate the movies, like normalized stuff that happens in comic books. Because some of the things that are about to happen get slightly more complicated. So with Thor Love and Thunder, we're going to get a female Thor. And a lot of people are like, oh, is it just like when, like a female version of Thor from like another universe just kind of like plops in? And I'm like, no, Jane turns into female Thor. And then they look at me like I've grown an extra head. And then when I try to explain it, they look like I should be in an insane asylum. Like, I don't know how else to... <laughs> Like fine. They'll get visuals. They'll understand. And Marvel so far has done, like, I was nervous about Captain Marvel 2. Not Captain Marvel 2, the movie, but, like, also the Captain Marvel film. Because the idea behind, like, the Kree and the Skrulls, people also would look at me like I was insane. And by the time we ended that movie, everyone just, they were like, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. And so, like, Marvel's studios have been doing a really great job of like explaining those more complex like comic book ideas that are like impossible mm-hmm. to explain unless you've read and watched everything they like take the time to sit down and explain like okay this is the concept like this is how it all works together and this is why it makes sense and so i'm i'm really looking forward to that me too and the timeline all of these products are so close together not super close but pretty close ish yeah <laughs> I heard this year Marvel Studios' goal was to try to get content out to everyone, like at least something out every Friday for this year because we've been a year and a half without Marvel content. And so they're mm-hmm. like, you know, we're going to have episodes and then there'll be like a making of the show before Falcon Winter Soldier starts. And then at the end of that, we'll have another making of Falcon Winter Soldier. And it was supposed to be Black Widow next. So like May was going to be taken up all by the Black Widow film, but they had to push it back till July. And so we kind of get like a month off and, you know, Bad Batch is coming out. So Star Wars fans get to have a moment, which I'm also a Star Wars fan. So I'm excited to watch that. But then, you know, we get right into Loki. And then at the end of that, we have Black Widow. And then I think Hawkeye is right after that. So they're just making sure that we have stuff to consume for at least this next year before they start spreading out again. Yeah. And then they'll be like, hey, remember when we made you wait like six or seven months for a movie? We're going to do that again. <laughs> yeah. We're like, here's this like content overload. Now it's back to the regular schedule. <laughs> Welcome back. That's what they're gonna do, and it's gonna be fine. Everybody's gonna be su- kind of disappointed, but they'd be like, you know what? We're not surprised. Not yeah. surprised. Be like, this is normal. This is this is how it's supposed to be. Before was a gift. <laughs> Before was a gift, and now we're gonna take you back to reality, guys. How's yeah. that? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. To be like, let's put on the reality stone and show you really what's happening. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. So before we end the podcast, um, I want to touch on your TikTok real quick because um, you have a TikTok, and that's where I found you. So we're going to talk about that. Okay. Uh, what made you want to start on that platform with all of your Marvel content? Well, it was not originally Marvel content. So I. <laughs> have all my friends have tiktok and they have like like since tiktok was like first a thing and so has my sister my sister's three years younger than me she's 18 and she's about to go off to college but she's always had tiktok her and her friends always made tiktoks together she would always involve me in them sometimes when like the trend required pulling some random prank on your sibling or whatever but i always thought it was stupid i was like well vine is dead and musically is dumb so tiktok is also dumb because it's not vine and i was a big youtuber like i loved watching youtubers and i liked instagram as a platform and i tried to there was a period of time where i was like i wonder what it's like to be an instagram influencer so i tried to like figure it out like i 
posted photos and wrote captions. And I was like, I want to see, you know, how this happens and wanted to learn about it. Did not go well because Instagram is crazy. But uh, last November, like just like six or seven months ago, all of my friends were like, they would make TikTok dances in the living room and all this kind of stuff. And they're like, Libby, you should just get a TikTok. Like we all have a TikTok. We should just get one so we can like share TikToks with you on the app instead of texting them to you. And my friend Abby was like, I think you'd be pretty good at it. Like, I think you're not giving yourself enough credit. I think you'd be good at TikTok. I thought she was being ridiculous. But then my sister, I went home that winter break to be with my family for like Thanksgiving and Christmas and all this stuff. And my sister and I like have some things we can talk about, but we're very different people. And because she's 18, I'm like too cool or not cool enough for her. Like she's too cool for me. And so I wanted to have something else to talk to her about for the same reason that I like started playing some video games so I could do stuff with my brother. So I downloaded TikTok mostly for her. So we had like something to bond over and understand. So like some of my first TikToks are like just basic trends from like mainstream TikTok of just like trends, not even like dances, really, but just like sounds doing whatever. Um, until I saw this one other really great like female nerd creator her name is jay stoobs and she was responding to like a toxic sexist star wars fan comment, um because the star wars community is insane um and they had commented something like something along the lines of like yes star wars is for everybody but it's mostly male culture and she was like all right no that's stupid and for most of my entire life because everyone kind of like either makes fun of women for being nerds or says they're not real fans because they only like watch marvel films because the men are attractive or they just like don't believe someone who like is in choir would also read comic books and like understand what they're talking about for whatever reason um and i'd experience that a lot like i would walk into comic book stores and i would go to buy a more expensive comic book and they'd be like oh those are for real collectors I'm like, I have like over a hundred comic books and I'm about ready to spend a hundred dollars on this. So I'm a real collector. Just sell me the dang book. Like it's crazy. But finally I was like kind of fed up. I was like, you know what? I'm sick and tired of hearing that comment all the time. So I was like, I'm just going to make just like a dumb video on it. No one's going to see it. Cause I had just joined TikTok, but I kind of responded and I was saying, you know, because of like kind of the stereotypes from kind of 80s, 90s, early 2000s, anything that's labeled under like kind of nerd culture, so like sci-fi and fantasy, is also for some reason then just like automatically claimed as male culture. Like women have been gatekeeps from enjoying any of it. Not that we weren't allowed to experience it, but then we'd just be like bullied out of liking it anymore. Um, and so we, uh, anyways, so I'd responded and I kind of made that point. I was like, women are just kind of like battered down from enjoying it with anybody because people leave them out or make fun of them for it and all this stuff. Well, Panda Red, who's another huge creator, I think he just reached like 500,000 followers. He makes mostly like DC related content and he duetted my video and was like, yes, this is correct. Like kind of promoting what I was trying to say because he had a bigger platform. And I, would, I got like tons and tons of comments that were like, finally, like another person who's saying exactly how I feel. Like no one, I feel like I can't talk to anybody about the things I'm passionate about because I'm going to be made fun of or bullied because of it. Or no one in my family understands it. I'm the only one. Um, and women, like so many women that were like, you know, and they were 15, 14, 15 years old. They were like, yeah, I can't, like high school can sometimes get difficult because the things that I really like, everyone thinks is really weird. or I feel like I can't wear my Star Wars t-shirt to school because people give me odd looks or 
you know, guys are mean to me or I don't have a community to talk about this with. And so I was thinking about it a lot. And I was like, you know, if there was anything I wish I had growing up, it was like some like adult female who was proud of the fact that she was a nerd and like kind of created that space where I could be a nerd and not have to constantly be quizzed on my knowledge or be asked why I enjoyed it or question like my motives of why I liked these things. And so I wanted to do that. So I started making content about everything, whether it was like Harry Potter, Percy Jackson, you know, anything like Fablehaven, Star Wars and Marvel. And then I made this, I started the series, it was called the Quinjet Codenames. And um, in Thor Ragnarok, there's a scene when Thor is trying to get on this Quinjet, but they're all voice activated, but Tony Stark sets all the names for the activation codes. And so Thor goes through like all the different nicknames that Tony gives him until he finally, like the Quinjet is like, all right, now you can join because they recognize the code name. And so I was like, I wonder what that would be like for some of the other Avengers trying to get on a Quinjet. And I made that a joke. And it's really just an excuse for me to either like call out characters or use some of Tony Stark's really funny nicknames and make references, all this stuff. And it exploded. Like overnight, it went viral. It, I think right now it's at over like 6 million views. And then every day I made a new one and that next one would go viral the next day. Like more than 50,000 likes for each video. And so it kind of just shifted into a Marvel account and it's been growing ever since. I'm almost at a hundred thousand as we speak. It's insane. But that's kind of how it all started. But it was mostly just so that, you know, everybody else out there knew that like, not only was it normal to like these things, but it's something that you should celebrate and enjoy. And so like I've started a discord server that has over 400 people on it now. And it's a super welcoming community of people who just like to be nerds and talk about the things that they enjoy without feeling like they might possibly be, I don't know, bullied or picked on or, or feel judged for enjoying them. It's really fantastic. It really makes me happy. <laughs> I like that. I love that. And I think that's a really good, I think that's really cool how you're bringing such a positive change, especially to people um, who growing up were, you know, like bullied or people thought they were weird because they liked certain things. I was lucky enough where I went to like a nerd school in high school. So the people, the things that I liked, um, my, 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 um, my friends liked as well. That's but then cool. I got to college and then I would wear like chemistry pun shirts and they'll be like, why is that? You're not even in chemistry. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, if you don't get the joke, just say that. You don't gotta, yeah. gotta. Or is it, if you don't get the joke, you just don't have to comment on it. Like it's fine. Honestly. Like, let me wear this. Let me Why wear this. Exactly. Seriously. I'm like, if you don't get it and you need me to just say so. We don't have to go through this because you're gonna look stupid and I'm gonna look bored and it's just not gonna not gonna exactly. It's a fun time though. I really enjoy it. It's an escape for me too, because I am a political science and history double major and like I had an internship with the Senate this semester. And so I was either writing or reading academic work or I was working in like kind of a high intensive office. So it was nice to like unwind and make these kind of just like goofy videos about Marvel all the time. So it really, it, it kind of works both ways. But the craziest thing ever is when people ask me, they'll be like, what was the very first Marvel film you watched in theaters? So I'll tell them like Iron Man 1 in 2008. And then immediately once I say that, I'll have like 50 or 60 people in my live stream being like, oh, well, I was born in 2008. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> That's insane. But you know, it means like, there's all these fans and I want to make sure that they feel just as comfortable 
being a part of that fandom as I, I hope like that I wished I did when I was their age. So it's really cool. That's awesome. You're like, you're a child. What do you mean you were born in 2008? Like, yeah. that just- like why are you watching me go do anything else? <laughs> do you get my references? Are you okay? Should your mom be <laughs> Um, but yeah, I also really love your content. Your stuff is so funny. And I remember the nickname videos. I think those are the first videos that I found of you. And those were, oh my gosh, those were so funny. I kept, I was trying to figure out like, what, what would you do for each one? And oh, it was a good time. <laughs> and then your, um, your recent ones when like Peter Parker gets caffeine. Yes. Gosh. Funny. Those are the two, like, I consider them big waves. So, like, when Codenames first started, my that's when my TikTok, like, first really started taking off. So, I went from, like, like 2,000 followers to, like, twenty to 30,000 followers in, like, a like a couple weeks. Like, it was pretty fast. Um, and then it kind of flatlined a little bit. Like, I was growing, like a, like, a couple thousand every few weeks. Like, just kind of steadily growing, which was really cool. But then when I did... Peter Parker on caffeine. That also, I went from like 35,000 ish to like 60,000 pretty fast, like within a week or two. And so those are kind of the two. So now I'll have fans that'll be like, oh, well, I followed you with the code name videos. And then there'll be other fans that are like, oh, well, I followed you at Peter Parker on caffeine. I think that series now is at like 15 or 16 parts and I've just completely renamed it to like Peter is a danger to society because to keep the series going I have him like try different stuff so like one time he drinks Asgardian mead with Thor and gets hungover or um, <laughs> he drank a bunch of energy drinks or um, Ned and Peter were trying to figure out like what would happen with Peter's intense metabolism like what would happen if he just like randomly drank a bunch of bleach and like like just kind of random funny situations to be in and so it's just called like Peter is a danger to society now. Cause at this point with like the amount of crazy stuff he's done, it's gotta be true, <laughs> but it's fun. It's super fun. I'd believe but you. it means it just to be a hilarious like goofball all the time, which is nice. Cause the rest of my life has been being a very professional academic and it's exhausting. Yeah. I think it's a nice little, it's a nice little break. Um, I use my life, my, career isn't super like as serious or exhausting as yours but you know I got two jobs it's it's a blast got some side hustles but TikTok and Marvel is a nice <laughs> little break oh my gosh this is really random but I think it portrays to Marvel because we're speaking about Marvel so the other day I was talking to my dad mm-hmm. TVs and I was our TV and I was like dad I'm gonna get a new dog and we were talking about it and he goes watch this Harley I'll make you cry and he turns it on to a uh, the um, Avengers um, Infinity Wars or and mm-hmm. right when he really went there had to snap he's like I'm gonna watch you cry turns it on and I'm like wow Endgame is one of those movies I sometimes people like on live streams or on Discord be like oh I'm rewatching Endgame right now I'm like how do you rewatch it habitually I can't it's too much of an emotional roller coaster for me to handle that movie That's I a think lot. Watching it all the way through, I've maybe only seen it like three times because like, like I physically cannot. It's the same thing with WandaVision. Like I have yet to rewatch it since it came out because I'm like that was so intense that I like need a break before I go back and try to rewatch any of it because it's so well done, but it is so emotionally intense. <laughs> Honestly, I'm like I see what you're doing, Marvel. It's working. <laughs> I like it. It's working. I know it makes me slightly nervous for the Black Widow film. 
because it takes place right after Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Like it takes place during phase two. So it's like a back, like, um, like a backflash film. And so like Tony Stark will make an appearance in it and references to everyone else and how they're doing in that two year period before um, Age of Ultron and like the Civil War kind of happens. It's going to be wild. It's going to be crazy. I'm not ready for it. But then you know I'll be at the premiere. It'll be fine. Oh, yeah. I bought um during finals just last week. I, I'm a stress shopper. And I'm really glad that PayPal has that, like, four installments plan that you can use sometimes. And so I bought Wanda's new suit from WandaVision. Like, the full suit. And then Natasha's new white cat suit from the movie that's coming out. I'm very excited for them to get here. I also bought myself a like a wearable like working arc reactor, and I've used it in several of my videos now. Yeah, I saw great. that. That must have been so cool. Yeah. It was emotional. I did not think I was going to be that emotional because I, I filmed my reaction turning on the arc reactor like while it was on me for the very first time, and I like started crying. I did not think I would get that emotional over it, but I guess I'll just never be over Endgame. It's been like two years, and I'm like still not okay. <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm it's emotionally fine. stable. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> right. All right. <laughs> I believe that brings us to the end of this episode of Harley's Hot Seat. Olivia, thank you so much for being on. I've always had great conversations with you, and I think this is. Oh, I'm excited. This is a good one. <laughs> this is. It's. It was just as fun as the first time. So I really enjoyed it. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah. tell people where they can find your content. Uh, yes. So um, you can find me on TikTok at LiveTasticNerd99. Um, on Instagram, I'm just LiveTasticNerd. And on Twitter, I'm LiveTastic99, I think. So either one of those three, I'm mostly active on TikTok. I answer Instagram DMs, but I don't think I've posted anything on Instagram in a while. And I try to tweet as often as I remember to do it. So any of those platforms, you can find me there. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, everybody, give her a follow. Check out her content. It's great. Um, <laughs> if you want to discuss Marvel with her, also damn her because this podcast, I'm not gonna lie, this podcast could go a lot longer, but oh we might God. just have part two because I know we <laughs> talked about some things in our original take that <laughs> to this. If you want to, like, I am more than free. So if you want to do a part two, I would be more than happy to. Yes, we will add it to the calendar and we'll do a part. Oh my gosh, we should do a part two after Black Widow comes out. Oh yeah. my goodness, yes, in like July. That's, that's when we should have, yeah. we'll have like a follow-up. Because <laughs> that's when Loki will have come out too by then. Oh, you're right. And then by then I'll have finished Winter Soldier, probably finished Loki depending. And then mm -hmm. I'll probably wrap it up. Okay, we'll do Hopefully it. We'll have For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. And it's. It's now going to be on this podcast, so it'll hold ourselves accountable. So yeah. if we don't release another episode in July, um, DM yeah. us. Yeah. Okay, perfect. I know and I know my kids, because they all call me Marvel Mom. I'm like, I know my kids on my Discord server will yell at me. So it'll be great. <laughs> I'll be taken care of. And yeah. a huge thank you to everybody who's listened to my podcast, whether this is your first episode, if you've been here since day one. I really do appreciate it. I have such fun time meeting all of these wonderful people and talking about all of these incredible things if you or if you know anybody who wants to be on harley's hot seat feel free to send me a dm on instagram or twitter at harj98 and check out harley's hot seat's very own instagram page which is just harley's hot seat 
Um, so take a look on Instagram, give us a follow, give us a DM and, um, yeah, have a good rest of your day. Bye.